I believe today's message, I don't say this too often, even though I mean it every message, but I believe today's message is going to help you succeed better than any message you've heard in a long, long time. Today's title is Success Equals No Whining. I hope you have as much fun hearing it as I'm going to have given it. No whining. We've been talking about prayer, and uh, your conversation reveals a lot about yourself, even to God. And uh, we've said, I'm just going to go over a couple of things we've said about prayer. It's inappropriate to beg God for anything. It's inappropriate. You need to have a relationship with your father uh, like he's a real father because a lot of prayer is just complaining and unbelief. So uh, we kind of knocked that in the head, I believe. And uh, God wants you to be set free from religious bondage, which a lot of people have gotten into prayer and it's just a religious bondage thing. We want you free of religion altogether, period. And there is nothing we can do to make God more inclined to move than what Jesus has already done for us. That is probably one of the greatest statements about prayer. Uh, Our part in prayer is to believe believe God. But, you know, God just loves you because of Jesus. It really has nothing to do with you. He just loves you because of Jesus, and Jesus is the one who lives inside of you. So he loves you. And uh, God answers prayers based upon Jesus and not his evaluation of you. That is such a free. Because most people think that they receive prayers answered based upon how good they've been or how bad they've not, or how good they've not. I said it a lot better in the first service. Get the tape. But anyway... um, God answers your prayers based upon Jesus, not you. Success equals no whining. There's two things that can help you to be more successful in life. Two things. And not only in your prayer life, but in life in general, two things. And the first one is no complaining. No complaining. That is, complain, when we complain, that is the old mind that is doing the complaining because the real you, the real you is not a whiner, is not a complainer. But your mind, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, when you get born again, behold, old things have passed away. Everything has passed away. Behold, everything has been made new. But this, the problem is you have a brand new spirit man on the inside of you. The problem is you have that same old mind between your ears. And that's the mind that does a lot of complaining, the old man, the old man. The second thing is to be thankful. We won't get to that today. But this is the good news about complaining. There is good news about complaining. And the good news is this. You have grace and God enablement power that is placed inside of you not to complain. That is such good news. Because, you know, I've tried. Have you just tried in the past? Some of you, a lot of people don't try at all. They just 
let it rip. I mean, they just complain about everything. And, uh, but I've tried in the past, you know, I just, I've been, you know, my wife would say, man, you just have been really complaining, being negative a lot lately. And so I would try harder and fail and fail and fail. But uh, is it just me or is, have you noticed, it seems like when I was growing up 30 or 40 years ago, and I was probably about two then, but uh, <laughs> they laugh at that. I tell a joke, and they don't laugh much. They, they laugh at that. But anyway, it just seemed like people didn't complain as much, as much. Now that we have social media, people just vent and complain about everything. I mean, everything. People complain about everything. And uh, it just seems like there's a lot of people complaining, you know, and people, you know, they're saying, I'm just believing God to prosper, and I'm just believing God for, I have an abundance, and, and they complain about the stuff that they have. So to me, if you're complaining about what you have, and you just want more stuff, you're just going to be complaining even more. <laughs> just connect the dots, connect the dots. I tell my leaders this, I have the most awesome leaders if you're a leader at Rocky Mountain Family Church, just raise your hand. If you're a leader at Rocky Mountain, I mean, it's like I'm, amen, let's give them a hand. I have awesome leaders at this church, but I tell them this, a problem without a solution is a complaint. You need to learn that as well, especially in the business world. If you're married, you have friends, if you're breathing. A problem without a solution is a complaint. And listen, you can bring a solution to the table, but if it's with a bad attitude, it's still a complaint. You know, if uh, when I worked with FedEx, I had people above me and I had people below, below me. I was in charge of people and I was uh, submitted to people above me. And so... Uh, when I would go to my boss with a solution or whatever, I would bring it to him with a great attitude. At least I would, that was my goal. But there's people below me who says, you know, we're doing this. And why are we doing this? We could do it better this way. That was the solution, but that was a complaint because of the attitude. Your, your attitude it trumps what you're saying as far as trying to be right about something. Are you hearing me? So... I do want to clarify some things though, because when a customer calls and tells you about an issue that they have with some product and that it's not working right, that's not a complaint. That's a feedback. So I don't want people, the reason I'm saying things like this is because uh, people get in a ditch and get silly, you know, like, oh, I can't say anything. No, if there's, if there's a problem, you bought something and it's not working right, you need to contact the, the company or whatever and, and let them know. That's not complaining. People, uh, let me explain what complaining is. I looked at Merriam Dictionary. It says this. Complain means to express grief, pain, or discontent. Grief, pain, or discontent. And there's times in our life you do need to express that. But I'm telling you what, people complain a lot. And probably for the most of us, most of us complain without realizing it. We're not aware of what we're doing. So the ultimate thing that I, there's a guy by Bill Bowen, Bowen who he's supposed to be a complaining expert. He has seminars and he's written books. I don't know if you've heard of him, but um, 
I don't know if he's saved or not, but he doesn't bring the biblical answer. But he does, he's good to make people aware of their complaining, which I believe all of us need to be aware of it. It's kind of like bad breath. You don't know it, but everybody else does. Research says this, the average person complains 15 to 30 times a day. Dr. Laura Marum says that, 15 to 30, that's the average. That means some people complain 50 and some people complain like 10, you know, to try to get that average in there. So that's a lot of complaining. That is a lot of whining. It's not complaining to speak directly and only to the person who can resolve the issue that you may be having with that person. But this is complaining if you tell everybody around them what they have done to you or what's going on between you and them. That's complaining, all right? So Elkhart Toll said this, to refrain from complaining doesn't necessarily mean putting up with bad quality or behavior. That's good. That's good. The problem with complaining, though, is it keeps you focused on the problem. Keeps you focused on the problem. Studies have, have said this, that people who tend to complain a lot have more health issues. Bill Bowen, he's, he tries to get people to realize and, and become aware of how much they complain. So he, he gives, when he has a seminar, he gives everybody a bracelet. And on this bracelet, he says this, every time you complain, take it off this wrist and put it on this wrist. You complain again, take it off, put it on that one. Some people would have blisters. <laughs> we don't realize how much we complain. We don't realize how much we complain. But uh, complaining is damaging to our relationships. You know, it's just a myth. I've said this before, but it's really a myth when we say, well, I just need to vent. You've probably never said that, but, you know, I just need to vent. So we, 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 what we're doing really is just letting everybody know that we are a victim and you want to tell everybody that you possibly can, and we call that venting. It's unhealthy. It's unhealthy to you. It's unhealthy to your relationships. So three things that complaining does. Three things that complaining does. It keeps you focused on the problem. It's damaged to your health, and it's damaging to your relationships. If you read that book by Caroline Leaf, she says uh, complaining actually uh, rewires your DNA, causes you to have a negative mindset just from complaining. The good news is you can stop that and speak what the word says and be positive, and it rewires it back for the good. It doesn't take, it doesn't take forever, but you do have to do it. You do have to do it. So uh, in 1911, there was this famous psychologist, and I didn't get his name down, but I remember reading it, so look it up. But uh, Google it. He said this. There, he did a study on marriages how some are successful, how some fail in divorce. And he's, he studied it, and there was one common thread with all of those 
dad got a divorce or their marriage was failing. He said this, that those that were failing complained to their spouse. They were complaining about to each other, like, you know, you, you, you are the laziest person, or, or you do this, or I wish you could cook like my mother. <laughs> that is just a not smart thing to say. But anyway, and then not only did they do that, they would complain to everybody else about their spouse. Man, that is just the wrong thing to do. I mean, this is marriage 101. You young people, listen real good. You want to have a good marriage, don't whine and complain to your spouse, and definitely don't whine and complain to everybody else about your spouse. You're going down a road that you won't want to end up at. All right? Complaining limits your career success. Now, this is huge. You study all the CEOs of major corporations that are successful, and the person in charge is a person who does not complain. I was thinking about this, and I felt like the Lord says this, I have given my people favor. I have given my people the blessings. All of them are yes and amen. They are surrounded with my wisdom. I have opportunities been given to them galore, blessings galore. But this is the problem. When they start complaining, they are hitting a ceiling that they have caused. God wants you to be successful in every area of your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your job, in just life in general. But the problem is, and it's not the devil. <laughs> we want to even blame the We want to complain about the devil. If it wasn't for the devil, I'd be successful. <laughs> it wasn't for the devil. If it wasn't for my wife, if it wasn't for my husband, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for you, complaining you would be a lot more successful. You would be. So we're going to get to some good news, so everybody just hang with me now because people are going, I am a complainer. There is no hope for me. I'm doomed. I've complained for, I've been a professional complainer for 20 years. I wish I could have got paid for it. No, you're not getting paid for it. But my point is this, is that, listen, the good news is this. God has given every believer Grace and God enablement power to overcome complaining. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Now that's good to come to church just to hear that. The problem is it's on the inside and most of us haven't tapped it. It's like having a million dollars in your bank account and not eating every day because I don't have any money. Well, you got a million dollars in your account. I know, but I don't have any food. You have the ability to overcome all complaining in your life on the inside of you. Woo! But first, we just want to make sure that you are aware of the complaining that you don't think you're doing. Because most people get, honey, I don't complain that much. If you hear no response... Will Bowen says this, he, he has this acronym, GRIPE, that uh, why people complain. G, GRIPE, G-R-I-P-E. G is to get attention. People complain just to, to get people's attention all around them. And so they gripe. So you can help people 
It's probably not you. It's somebody that you know. So you can help them by saying, well, what's going good in your life? What's going good? The R. They remove themselves from any responsibility. You ask somebody to to do something, and they just go, yeah, it can't be done. (laughs) Really? No, no, it it just can't be done. I would like to do that, but it can't be done. You know, years ago, and I mean years ago, like 20 years ago or something, it was a long time, there was somebody who was helping me out in in doing maintenance stuff, and they were cutting the grass, and and, uh, so they ran out of gas. They said, a pastor can, you know, we, we ran out of gas and he gets. So I gave him, you know, twenty dollars. I say, or ten or twenty bucks, and say, here, well, here, just go and get some. You don't mind and go. He goes, well, I can't because you know the gas can't fall over if I go get some. <laughs> and I just thought, so nobody on the planet can go and fetch gas because it will turn over. And so everybody's at a crisis in the whole United States because no grass is going to get cut. Now, that's sarcasm 101, but my point is this. When you remove yourself from responsibility, uh, that's complaining like, well, it just can't be done. So they are. Remove yourself from... And then the I, inspire envy. You know, it's basically they're, they're letting you know and bragging in a complaining manner. You know, like... You know, this $80,000 BMW, you think, you think that it would ride smoother than what it is. Or this $80,000 BMW that I have, you think it would do this. And, and so you're bragging about how much you have while you're complaining about it. It's funny to us. Get attention, the G. R, remove themselves. I, inspire. Envy. And then... Uh, the P, the power. People complain because of power. They want to be, look better than somebody else and everybody else, so they complain about everybody else. You know, they're, they're just not doing this right, and they're just not. So what are you saying? I'm doing it so much better. You know, like if you have a meeting with a dozen people and, and some guy, let's just say Joe. Joe says, well, Jeannie is not here. Of course, she's always late. That is complaining. What you can do to turn that around is to say the opposite. Compliment Joe. Well, Joe, I am so thankful. That's what I like about you. You're always on time. What you're doing is to get him to go switch. Oh, yeah. Instead of thinking the negative, to bring out the positive. Gripe. Get attention. Remove himself. Inspire envy. Power. And then E. Excuse poor performance. People say, they'll tell you why uh, that they didn't do a good job. They just tell me why you, you didn't do a good job. Well, the reason I didn't is because, you know, well, if it wasn't for Sarah over there, she, she just messed up the photocopier, and so that's why I, I couldn't, and she took so long to do this, and so that's why. And, and you just give excuse after excuse, and you're just complaining in the midst of all of that. People complain about the weather. They complain about politics. They complain about their job. They complain about their spouse. People just complain, you know. I, I quit watching news on TV years ago. About, it was probably about five or six. I can't remember for sure. But I was just 
I would get mad watching the news. And I would yell back at him. <laughs> and one day, it dawned on me when my wife, my beautiful, awesome, intelligent, smart, full of wisdom wife, came up to me and she says, you do know they can't hear you. Because I would talk to them like, you know, they were in the, my living room. Yeah, you can't, you shouldn't be doing that. That is the most ridiculous. Do you not have any common sense? They can't hear you. So I just quit watching the news because I was whining and complaining. Some of you all probably need to <coughs> do that. Excuses, poor performance. Oprah Winfrey, she had this Bill Bowen on her uh, TV show, and after he spoke and they had a break, you know, she leaned over to him and said, I don't complain. And he just went, <laughs> and she said, I have nothing to complain about. And his lightning fast mind thought, she's worth $3 billion. If I had $3 billion, I wouldn't have anything to complain about either. That's wrong thinking. Listen to what she said. It's not that I have everything that I have, and that's why I don't complain. I don't complain, and that's why I have everything that I have. That's a biblical principle. I said, that's a biblical principle. She says, I have nothing to complain about. It's not that I have everything that I have, and that's why I don't complain. In other words, I don't complain because I've got $3 billion worth of assets and stuff. I don't complain, and that's why I have everything that I have. That's a principle that the church needs to get a hold of. And the good news, the real you, the real you, the person that got born again, everything, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new on the inside of you. You have the mind of Christ on the inside of you. The real you never complains. Never complains. The real you. You're probably thinking, I wish I could meet him. <laughs> the real you has been made one with Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Jesus and you are one. Jesus is never going to complain. Never. You have the mind of Christ. You are perfect on the inside. 2 Peter 1, 3 says everything's been given to you that pertains to life and godliness. You have joy. You have peace. You have patience. You've got it all on the inside of you. So you, if you've got it all, you're never going to complain. The problem is... You do not see the real you on the inside of you. You need to look in the mirror and say, you're not a complainer because you've been blessed with everything. You got to talk to yourself. Most of us do talk to yourself. You can't do anything right. Why can't I do anything right? Mm. And we complain and we complain about ourselves, and we talk to ourselves. We need to talk to ourselves in the positive. We need to say what God says about us. It's not you have to get a hold of this and go, well, he's right. I've just got to quit complaining. No more complaining. No, 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 no more complaining. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to complain anymore. About supper time, <laughs> that probably will be over with. 
I've tried that before in my past, you know, like, you know, my wife would say, Mike, it just seems like you've been negative a lot lately and complaining about everything. You know, I used to, um, when we were in Africa, it was, it's about 85 degrees all the time. Is that, that about 85 degrees all the time? And when I came back to Colorado, that first winter, I take it back, we got here in the summertime. And when I would wake up in the morning and go outside, I'd go right back in and put a coat on, everything, make sure. People walk out, man, they go, he's not from around here. <laughs> it was pretty obvious. But that's, if that's all I did, that would have been good. But, man, I complained. I just hate the cold weather. I just hate it. I, I did that year after year after year. And finally, the, I opened up my ears. You know, when you're complaining, it's hard to hear stuff. So I was praying one time, the Lord, I wasn't talking to God about the weather at all. And I just knew the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you know, in Genesis it says that as long as the earth remains, there will be springtime and harvest, winter and summer. Your complaining is not going to change that, Mike. Just thought I'd give you that tidbit. So my lightning fast mind, I just thought, I probably should quit complaining about how cold it is all the time. Because the, the colder, or the more I complain, the colder I felt. I'm going to say it again. The more I complain, the colder I felt. And so little by little, I quit complaining, and I didn't get as cold as much. There's a principle there. My point is this, if you keep complaining about something, it just focuses on the problem. It gets worse and worse, and you feel worse and worse, and, you, and so you complain more, and it gets worse, and you complain more, and you complain more, and you complain more. You got to see the real you. You got to see the Christ in you. And God tried to, to help us. In Hebrews and Corinthians, he he's talked about the, the children of Israel, you know, when they came out of bondage and God was giving him food he was protecting him you know in the desert it gets really hot but if you have a cloud to cover you it keeps you cool and at nighttime it gets really cold but if you have a pillar of fire it keeps you warm so God was meeting all of their needs but then they begin to whine they begin to complain God's not really taking good care of us. Moses, you're not just, we're just going to die. Just, so God says, if you can take better care of yourself, have at it. Then they start getting snake bit. I'm so thankful today that the mercy of God, that every time we complain, we don't get snake bit. Aren't you thankful? None of us would be here today. In Jude 14, 16, he says, these people are grumblers and complainers living only to satisfy their desires. That is the old man talking. That's how we think. But what God wants you and me to realize today, there is grace on the inside of you, God enablement power on the inside of you that can overcome every complaint that you ever could think or imagine. That's the grace and the mercy of God. 
God is not going to say to you, now you all just need to quit complaining. Okay. He knows you can't do it on your own. I said, he knows that you cannot stop complaining on your own. So you say, well, if he knows that, then why does he tell me not to do it? Because he's not expecting you to rely upon yourself. Your self. Did you hear that Kentucky twang? That's so you will get it. God is not relying upon you. So, we need to be grace conscious. So, this is what I'm going to challenge our church. For 30 days, not to complain. Everybody breathe. (laughs) Told this to one person, and they thought, we're all going to hell. The response was, we can't do this. In your own strength, you can't. But listen, if you are not made aware that you complain, you'll just keep doing it. So what God is so, I got so excited about this message because I realized God is saying, I'm going to help the church, Mike. I'm going to help them to succeed in their career. I'm going to help them succeed in, in, in their school education. That means no complaining about your professor, no matter how ridiculous they, you may think they are. It's going to help you in your relationships with your spouse. You don't know who I'm married to. Are you saying that God's not powerful enough to help you? Mm. God wants to help you in every area of your life, in your finances. Some of you complain every day about certain things every day. And dear Lord, help us all. No complaining about when we drive. I'm walking from now on, hon. That'll take care of that. No, it won't. It is so hot out here. I can't believe it's so hot. It's so cold out here. All my legs are so tiring. I can't believe it. I'm just getting old. No complaining. No complaining. Some of you just think, I'm just going to get duct tape, put it across my mouth. <laughs> We've got some in the office. But no, I'm just, but it, you need to rely upon God. Are you ready? Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. This is a message translation. This is good. God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. To some of you, this is your wildest request before God to say, help me to never complain. This is only God can do this. He does it. Listen to me now. This is your heavenly father. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. In other words, this is what your heavenly father is going to do. He's not going to say when you complain, and you will, when you complain, he's not going to get you in a headlock and go, you, did you not hear the pastor quit being stupid? You just, come on. He's not going to do that. 
He's going to put his arms around you and go, you are so awesome. I'm going to help you because greater is he that is in you than he's in the world. You're going to be able to do this. Don't worry about it. I mean, you just rely upon me, and you're going to go, oh, good, because I failed miserably today. God's going to help you. His spirit deeply and gently within you. Then he goes on, glory to God in the church. By, listen to me. By him working in you, it's going to bring glory to God in the church. By him working in you, glory to God the Messiah in Jesus. By him working in you, glory down all the generations, glory through all millennia. Oh, yes, because of God, the greater one, working in you. But if you don't think that God is big enough to help you, then you're just going to complain and complain and be snake bit by life in general. It's not the devil holding you down, by the way. It's not even the devil keeping you from being promoted. It's not the devil that's keeping you from having a good marriage. It's not the devil that's keeping your finances. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I've heard many messages. I've preached messages about we got to work out this. we got to work for this salvation. we got to work this. That is not what that scripture is saying. It doesn't say to work for your salvation. It says work out your salvation. What does that mean? That means salvation is on the inside. Salvation is an all-inclusive word. It means health. It means wealth. It means kindness. It means tenderness. It means it, it's the biggest word you could say is salvation. It's not just freedom to heaven. It is the God kind of life. He has it all where? On the inside of you. So when he says work it out, he's saying take what I have, pla- I have placed on the inside of you and you work it out to where it will be manifested on the outside. How do we do that? Well, first of all, you've got to know that it's on the inside. And then you believe. Hebrews, he said this, labor to enter into the rest. How do you labor to enter into rest? The labor part is between your ears. That is what you have to labor at. So in the complaining part, this is what you have to do. I have the grace of God on the inside of me not to complain. I have the grace of God on the inside of me not to complain. I am not a complainer. I am not a complainer because Christ is in me. He's not a complainer. Therefore, I've been made one with Christ. I'm not a complainer. What are you doing? That's working it out. It's working out what is on the inside of you. If it's healing, if it's prosperity, if it's the fruit of the Spirit, if it's anything that God has given you already, not going to give, but given you already, work it out. Weist, he's a Greek theologian, and he knows Greek, and he's written all kinds of dictionaries and concordance. He says the phrase work out literally means to carry out to the goal, to carry to its ultimate conclusion. 
In other words, the conclusion is, I'm not a complainer. To carry it out to its goal or conclusion would mean I believe I have that power on the in me, inside of me, and so you confess it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, you're bringing it to a conclusion. I'm not a complainer. That means you shouldn't be saying that about you. You're just always a complainer. You can't say that to your spouse anymore. <laughs> you're, not, you're not bad looking. I tell you what, you're not bad looking. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Philippians 2.13 says this, for it is God. Everybody say it's God. God. It's God who works in you yeah. both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Woo! It's God working on the inside of you. Listen to the amplified version. Now listen to me. You have divine enablement on the inside of you. You do. You don't have to be good enough to get it. You don't have to fast to get it. You don't even have to pray to give it. I think he got it. All right, Philippians 2.12 says this. Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestions, so now, not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I'm absent, work out. And then he does exactly, he defines what workout means. Cultivate, carry out to the goal, and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-to-trust and serious caution, tenderness, conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidity, shrinking from every, from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. So then he goes about how that's going to happen. You read all that and you go, goodness, I'm supposed to be obeying, I'm supposed to be working it out, oh my goodness, how can I do that? Verse 13, you can't. I said you can't. I said you can't. I said you can't. Verse 13 says, not in your own strength you can, but not in your own strength for it is God who's all the while effectually at work in you. So it, he's not re questing or requiring you to work it out because in your own strength, you cannot. So Paul's saying, not in my own strength, I, I can't do it, but I know I've got God in me, therefore, I can do it. Amen. I can do all things through Christ. I do not have to be complaining about anything because God is in me. Not of my own strength, for it is God who's all a while effectually at work in me. He's energizing and creating in you the power and the desire. There is a strong desire in you not to complain. Did you know that? You go, I wish I knew that. You do now. There is a desire on the inside of you not to complain, but your mind does not know that until now. Now you're renewing your mind. Energizing, creating you power and desire, both to will and to work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. So he says, if you tap into that, then verse 14 is going to be automatic. Do all things without grumbling, fault finding, and complaining against God, questioning, doubting among yourselves. You think, oh 
like people read that and they go, do all things without grumbling? Just take me home today, Jesus. <laughs> but you've got to read verse 13 before you read verse 14. 13 comes before 14. God is expecting all of us not to complain about the weather, about the government, politics, about the drivers, about your spouse, about your children, about the economy, about daylight savings time. about anything. I said anything. That's not my opinion. Do all things. How many things? Do all things. Do all things. Do all things without grumbling, without complaining. Pastor, that just, you just put a challenge before me that is bigger than Pike's Peak. Well, God said in Mark eleven twenty three, you can speak into this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea, it shall obey you. So even if it's a mountain, it's no big deal to God. But if you think that you have to get a hold of this, I just have to get, I just have to quit complaining. Pastor's so right. I want to be better in my relationships. I want to have a better marriage. I want my finances to be better. I want my health to be better. Listen, there's people that are, working out and dieting and, and taking vitamins and taking this great care, and you look at them, man, they've lost weight. They're doing great, but I'm going to tell you something. If you're a whiner and complainer, there's no diet that can take care of that. <laughs> Complaining is going to affect your health, and it even won't be the devil attacking your body. Carolyn Leaf says, man, it says you switch the DNA off and bring about negativity, a negative mindset when you're complaining all the time. <coughs> hmm. And if you hang around people that complain all the time, <sighs> when we first moved here, uh, Melody, she worked uh, as a nurse, third shift for a year, and she said she got... Uh, about halfway into the year, about six months, and she says at break time, all these women would get together on break, you know, and, and they would talk. And that talking was complaining about their husbands, every one of them. Yeah, he's just a lazy bum. I tell you what, he just doesn't do anything. And then on the weekend, he just goes and plays and just does everything. He just, and, and so, and everyone, oh, yeah, well, you haven't heard nothing. And then they do their one better. In other words, her husband's even worse. And, and Melly says, man, I've just felt tempted to say something bad about you. <laughs> it's really encouraging. <laughs> and I, I, it, my point is this. Sometimes you just got to be careful about everybody. If you can't change the situation, or the attitude, or the atmosphere, you may want to back out of that. <laughs> Put that baby in reverse and go, <laughs> I got something. What? Uh, something. <laughs> you do your best to help people. Try to turn that, you know, the Titanic down before it hits the iceberg. Try to turn that thing around, you know, like, well, I tell you what, no. 
Does your husband work? Yeah, he works. Well, that's, that's good. And someone goes, mine doesn't. Well, does he love you? Well, I don't know. You can find something good to say. You can find something good to say. Does he love your kids? Yeah, he loves our kids. Hmm. Find something. Try to turn that thing around. And if they won't allow you to turn that thing around, you may want to back yourself out of that because complaining is contagious. It's like a virus. It is. Oh, That's why when two spouse or button heads want to complain about the other one, well, the other one's just going to chipe in too. Oh, so you're talking and complaining about me? I'm going to complain and throw up all over you now. Listen, it hurts. Complaining is harmful to your relationships. It's harmful to your physical health. It keeps you focused on the problem. And it will be harmful to your finances. To your finances. When you go to work and you complain to, Jerry's not doing his job, so why do I have to? Why do I have to do? You want me to do his job and mine. I'm not saying that you, you go to your boss and say, you know, I understand Jerry's not doing his job, and I'll do anything you want me, but I'm telling you what I'm doing and what's going on here. That's not complaining, but this is. He's just not doing it, so why do I have to do it? That's real close to being a teenager, 12, 13, 6, 7. We can bring us down. I'm telling you, complaining affects your job. It has nothing to do with the devil. It has nothing... I don't know why God doesn't want me to be promoted. He does. God wants you to be successful in your relationships, in your body, in your finances, at the cross where he was crucified. Everything was taken care of. Everything, including your relationship, success in every area of your life. It was taken care of, but you are the one hitting the ceiling because of your complaining. And God is mercifully, lovingly today trying to help us all including your pastor. I'm I'm saying, I'll take that help. Thank you, Lord. I don't want to complain anymore, and I'm so thankful that you've given me revelation that I don't have to depend upon Mike to stop it. That's the best thing. I can depend upon Jesus. I can depend upon his grace. I can depend upon his God enablement power inside of me, and I can confess it, and I can believe it, and work it out by saying, I am not a complainer. The complaining days are open. And when you complain, don't just, okay, where's the cat of nine tails? Let me take my jacket off and really do it. No, when you complain, you go, man, God, I just thank you that you're helping me. I believe you're helping me. I believe you're helping me, God. I am not a complainer. I am not. I am not. I slipped up right there, but when the righteous fall, the Bible says God picks you up every single time. Every single time a righteous man falls, he's picked up by God. God dusts you up. You know, like when the little toddler begins to, to walk, you know, you know, they're, when they walk, one, when they're 10 months old and they fall, you don't go, oh, you stupid kid. Why can't you walk? Why can't you walk? Why can't you be like your brother who's six? Why can't you walk like him? You know, that's funny, but that's the way people think their Heavenly Father treats them. That's the way people think God is. 
God is the most awesome father. Oh, you fell down. You complain. Well, here, let me help you up. I'll dust you off, and we won't complain. Any. Come on. I'm going to walk with you so you won't complain. I'm right by your side. I'm inside of you. I've given you power, and you fall again. Oh, that's okay. We'll get back up. I don't care how many times you fall. If you rely and depend upon him, he will pick you up every single time. <laughs> I was listening to some minister who's famous, you know, and he says, well, you know, sometimes God doesn't give you a second chance. I go, hmm, you're absolutely right. He'll give you a third. He'll give you a fourth. He'll give you a fifth. He'll give you a sixth. He'll give you a tenth. He'll give you a hundredth. He will pick you up and pick you up and pick you up and pick you up and pick you up. He will never leave me nor forsake me or no way leave me out. No, never. I tell you what, that'll set you free, man. God is for me. Who can be against me? Do you realize I can't even be against myself if God for me? I have to think about what I just said. I don't even know what I said, but you can't even be against yourself when God's for you. What I'm saying is this. God sees you as a winner. He sees you as a person who doesn't complain. He sees you as somebody who is more than a conqueror, who doesn't complain and succeeds in every area of your life. Amen? Let's stand. Amen.